You are listening to the Hope Church Weekly Message Podcast. Hope Church is located in Cleveland, Texas and meets on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. Pastor Todd and the preaching team desire for this message to bring life in a dark world. For more information about Hope Church, visit HopeChurchCleveland.com. I remember it vividly. Like it just happened the other day. It actually was eight months ago. Uh, my wife and my wife I, I texted me. I was at a, an event. I'm a, I have to paint the picture for you because I, I remember things in pictures. Uh, I'm a visual learner. But my wife and I, uh, my wife had texted me. And she said, call me when you can. And you guys know what that means is don't call me when you feel like it. It means call me right now. You know, she wants to be kind and say, call me when you can, but she wants you to call, call me right now. So uh, I was at a, a pastor's brainstorming uh, in Grapevine. Grant had tagged along with me that day. And so we were getting into the car, and I just, I didn't think that anything would be too important uh, that I couldn't have her on speakerphone. See, my car is Bluetooth, and it's, it's, it's over the speakers, and, uh, and usually I will warn her. But on this day, I didn't warn her. Uh, and she started talking about, she went, yeah, I went to the doctor today and we were talking about, you know, how far along I am and all these. And nobody knew that we were pregnant at that time. And Grant's sitting next to me in the car going. <laughs> and so, so when I hung up, I didn't, I didn't say anything to Grant other than, you know things now that you're not supposed to tell anybody else. <laughs> and... Uh, but, but the one thing that the doctor said that really stuck out to me, uh, and, and we talked about it in that conversation, you know, things change. When you have one kid, two kids, people are like, oh, they're so cute. When are you going to have another? But at three, things change. People don't ask anymore if you're going to have any more kids. In fact, they, they almost act like you're a burden and you shouldn't have any more kids after three. It's really weird. Um, and so my wife going to the doctor, the doctor asked, okay, so, you know, you know, this is your fourth child. Was this, is this what you were planning on? And my wife's like, no, it's not necessarily what we planned. But, and, she, and the doctor said, well, you know there's things we can do to take care of it, right? And I'm sitting there going, <laughs> and so Crystal was telling me about this. She was, you know, she was furious, of course, when she called me. Uh, and she said, can you believe the doctor told me that? And I said, babe, that's just a product of the world we live in. Unfortunately, the world that we live in right now, we're so flippant with, whether we keep a baby or not, it's just, well, I know this, is ne- this isn't necessarily what, it, what you planned. We can take care of this. And so today, the second week of Wicked, we're talking about King Herod. We're actually only talking about one wicked female, and that was last week. The rest of the time is wicked males. So if that tells you anything, ladies, you're not quite as wicked as, you dudes, as the dudes. Or you're a little bit more slime on the down low about it, I'm not sure. And so today we're talking about King Herod. Now, if you know anything about King Herod, he's at the beginning of all your Gospels. And basically, he's the one that sent the Magi, or the three wise men, okay? If any of you have already put up your nativity, you should not have the three Magi, or wise men, in your nativity, because they actually showed up when Jesus was like one or two years old, okay? But that's, you know, besides the point, it's November. You should not have your Christmas stuff up, because we have... Thanksgiving coming up, okay? Let's not jump to a, a holiday where it's selfish and all about us and jump right past the holiday where we're supposed to give thanks, okay? 
calm down. Take it. It's what, this is why the season is called the holidays, not the holiday. Okay. There's multiple holidays. The S is plural. Okay. So don't get me on that. But anyway, the Herod sent the wise man to visit Jesus. And the wise men had a religious experience. In fact, you'll see in the scriptures that they bowed down and worshiped Jesus. And they decided, we can't go back to Herod and tell him what we saw because bad things might happen. Well, actually, what happened is when the wise men didn't show back up, Herod got mad. And he read the Bible. He knew that scriptures had prophesied a young man to be born in Bethlehem that would one day be a king. And so he took that as an earthly king. So what did he decide to do? He decided to kill all of the newborn baby boys under the age of, I think it was of two, under the age of two. He decided to kill them all. Why? Because he didn't want to run the risk of them being a nuisance to him. And guys, I think that's kind of where we, where we stand as a, as a population. We almost look at human life, we almost look as, at a baby as a nuisance to us. So I looked up some statistics you know, based on, you know, statistics, sometimes in numbers, data kind of sometimes lags a little bit behind where we are right now because you have to actually do some polling. But in 2016, approximately 887,000 babies were aborted in the United States alone. That was actually down from the year before in 2015, 913,000 babies were aborted. So me, I always ask the question, why? Why does this happen? So I looked up the statistics on why. So I'm only going to give you the top three answers as to why. These were ladies that had an abortion. They were polled as to why they had an abortion. I'll give you the top three starting with the third. And, and the third reason was 19% were done having kids. They didn't want any more kids. They had enough. They didn't want any more kids. The second uh, most popular reason was 23% said they can't afford a baby. Now, I'm here to tell you, I think a little bit of it is our system is a little broken because if you've ever tried to, if you've ever tried to adopt a baby, it's almost more expensive to adopt a baby than it is to have a baby. It's very, very expensive. And guys, I'm here to tell you, we've got to change that system just as much as we've got to change that. And so, you know, kind of give you a little plug. Not, not next Sunday, but the next. We've got a special Sunday that we're talking all about that. It's, it's Foster and Adoption Awareness Sunday. It's called Stand Sunday. It's not this Sunday, but next, or not next coming, but the, next, the one after that. Two weeks from today. Okay, you got it? And we're going to bring, we're, we've got some special people coming in. It's going to be an awesome day. And guys, I'm here to tell you, I'm here to believe we as the church, we are called to lead the way for the widows and the orphans. We are called to stand up for the widows and the orphans. And I'm here to tell you, as a whole, the church does not. And so my vision, my dream, is that Hope Church would lead the way in Johnson County in standing for the widow and the orphans. So I encourage you to be here in two weeks. But the number one reason given, the number one reason given for having abortion, in fact, 25% of women said this, that they were not ready for a child. They were not ready for a child. Now, I know the naysayers, a lot of people say that they talk about abortion, say, well, what if the woman was raped? Actually, I looked that up. And actually, less than 1% of women that had an abortion said they did so because they were raped. 
less than 1%. And so guys, what I'm telling you is I think, I think the issue with abortion in our, in our world, the issue with abortion in our nation is that we do not view human life correctly. And so as I sat in my office knowing that we were talking about abortion today, I said to myself, how do we fix the problem? And I think the easiest way for us to fix the problem is for us to understand how much God values each and every one of our lives. And I think if we can see how much God cares about us, then we would value that life even more. And so guys, I want to I give a disclaimer before I, I go on. I know statistics would tell me that there are some women in this room that have had an abortion. What I want to say to you is that I love you. I care for you. I'm, I'm not here to judge you today. What I'm here to tell you today is let me give you some facts so that now that you know better, you can do better. That's kind of the theme of this series. You know, you didn't know at the time there is grace, but now you know, so let's do better. And guys, I want you to know that, that God can make a way. God can bring forgiveness in that. And God can help you to move forward from that. So know that up front. That if you've had that in your past, we love you, we care for you, and I know that God can bring grace in that. But I want us all to have a correct view on the way that God looks at us. So before I get into that, uh, I I have a couple of announcements to make. Like I said, uh, we've got Stand Sunday in two weeks. Usually on the first Sunday of of the month, we have a night of worship. Since things have been a little bit crazy with trunk or treat and everything going on, uh, the staff put their heads together and we just decided tonight would be a good time to just rest. Uh, we've, we've been doing so much. We've been doing so many things. And so let's just chill out tonight. It's always good to be in the presence of God, but sometimes it's good to just sit back and go, God is good, right? And so my encouragement tonight is for you to rest and for you to realize that God is good and to prepare your hearts for the Cowboys game on Monday night. Um, what? That's what I'm going to be doing. <laughs> right. Yeah, we had somebody wearing a Titans jersey in the first service. I'm like, whoo. Okay. And then I uh, also wanted to point out my, my friend has returned to us. Uh, my buddy Kyle Spurgeon is back with us today from his car wreck. I, Kyle, I told him a few weeks ago, I said, I knew that God was going to do a miracle during our last series, The No Longer Slaves. I didn't know that he was going to have to do that to you, so I'll be careful what I pray for next time. Okay, so that's, it's my fault. I apologize. But if you want to believe that a living miracle is here, go talk to Kyle, see the pictures of what his truck looked like, uh, and, you know, basically, I'm not going to talk too much. I'll start crying. It's a bad, bad image for us, and, you know, anyway, so... If you have your Bibles, grab them. Uh, if not, if you don't want to, I'm, I'm going to a lot of different places today. So if you don't have your Bible, don't worry about it. Pull out your smartphone and download, either go to your app store or your Google Play. You can download the Hope Church Cleburne app. All my notes are right there. You can follow along with me because I'll be in three different passages in the Old Testament and the New Testament. So you'll have to follow along. So today, what I want to talk about is how should we view human life? How should we as Christ's followers view human life. The first way that we should view human life is God formed you to be just the way you are. God formed you to be just the way you are. In Psalm 139, starting in verse 13, it says, For you formed my inward parts. 
You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your body, in your book, were written every one of them. The days were formed for me when as yet there was none of them. So what this verse is telling you is that even before your mother and father went into the secret place, kind of get the illustration there, even before you were formed in your mother's womb, even before any of those things happened, the days that God had for you were written in his book. So guys, what I'm saying to you, what are the over 800,000 children that were born in 2016, God had their days written for them in his book. And so let's, let's talk about, a little bit about this, uh, this, this metaphor the Bible's painting. He's saying that you were intricately woven together. Is, any, is there any knitters in the room? Any knitters in the room? I know Teresa knits. Anybody else knit her down here? Yeah, you made me a, a, a beautiful blanket. Thank you for the blanket, by the way. Uh, ADD at its finest. But the way you make a blanket is you intricately woven together the yarn and make it into a nice, beautiful masterpiece. So what this is saying is God took the veins. He took your arteries and he intricately woven together your circular system and your nerve. And God intricately puts you together, much in the way someone would make a baby blanket. He puts you together and wove you together. He put together your frame. David talks about the frame. He put together your skeleton structure so that you would be just the way that you are. And God also, he saw your unformed body. He saw you as an embryo. You know, a lot of people that that are pro-abortion say, well, it's just a lump of cells. It's just a group of cells. And what the Bible would tell you is that God knew you even when you were a lump of cells. He knew you before that, but he was wo- wo- weaving you together even during that time. And so what I'm saying to you guys is that God made you just the way that you are. And if you don't like it, you're insulting your creator. You know, if you get up in the morning and you walk to your, your mirror and go, Ugh, that's ugly, or can I take a little bit off here, put a little more, bit more here, you know? You're insulting your creator. You're telling God that his creation is not good enough. But what God is telling you is, hey, listen, the way that I made you is just the way that I wanted you to be. You know, for those of us that that deal with self-doubt, for those of us that deal with our image problems, God is saying to you, I love you. I formed you. I know you. I like you just the way you are. There's a song there. Just the way you are. You knew it was coming, didn't you? <laughs> I did miss it the first service. The staff jokes with me. That when, I, when I hear a song and what I'm saying, I'll sing it. and get sad. I'm like, y'all love me just the way I am, okay? And God may be that way, Mo. Okay, I can't help it. But what I'm saying to you, God gave you the gifts. He gave you who you are for a reason. So let's keep going. The first reason that we, the way we should view human life is that God formed us just the way we are. Number two is we bear the image of God. We bear the image of God. Genesis 1, starting in verse 27. So God created man in his own image. 
In the image of God, he created him. So God repeated himself here. Why do you think that's important? God repeated himself. Does sometimes, guys, kids, does sometimes your mom or your wife, does sometimes she repeat herself to you? Guys, I'm here to give you some great marital advice. If your wife repeats herself, it's important. Maybe you should listen. If, if she tells you, now listen, when you're at the store, I need you to get this specific thing. Listen, it's right here. Listen, because she knows it's difficult, okay? And you're going to get there. Anybody, anybody seen that, that commercial where they're like, honey, I don't see the cilantro. I don't see the cilantro. Oh, it's a dude perfect. It's actually a dude perfect video. But he says, honey, I don't see the cilantro. You say it's right here next to the cinnamon, but I don't. You know what? It's right here. <laughs> and if we'd listen, we would see it from the beginning. And what God's saying is, I'm repeating myself. I made you in my image. And so what I'm saying to all of you is that God created you to be just like him. Now, I'm not saying your physical stature. I'm saying you as a spiritual being. You are the divine. You are the, the greatest creature that is on this planet. So I'm here to say to you, you have a spirit. You have a soul. You can connect with God. Not your dog. Not your cat. You. Now, I know some of you are like, I love my dog. My dog came from heaven. Probably not, okay? Probably not. And, and your dog may not be with you in heaven either. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Maybe. I don't know. It's okay for y'all to laugh at these things, by the way. But, you know, dogs might be in heaven. They may not be. But what I'm saying to you is your life is more valuable than a dog. Your life is more valuable than a cat. Your life is more valuable. We, we get more bent out of shape sometimes of someone hurting a bald eagle than someone hurting a human being. And we have to understand that God created us to carry his image, to carry who he is with us. And so what I'm saying to you is the unique power of God dwells inside all of us. That's our quote for the week. The unique power of God is carried inside all of us. You are the image bearer. Your spirit carries God with you. You can bring God with you. It's through the power of God. It's because me, myself, I'm created in God's image that I can be a messenger for him. And so if we understand that every human being is created in the image of God, it changes how we look at things. So the third way that we should view human life is that you are set apart and called by God. You are set apart and called by God. Galatians 1, 14 through 16 says, But then he who had set me apart before I was born and, and who called me by his grace was pleased to reveal his son to me in order that I might preach him among the Gentiles. I did not immediately consult with anyone. So what Paul is saying to you is that God called him. Now let's, let's talk about Paul. Paul says three things in this, but let me set that up. Paul used to be Saul. Paul used to be a murderer of Christians. In fact, it was his job from the Roman government to go and kill as many Christians as he possibly could. So what he's saying to you is that God, by his grace, called me. I didn't deserve to be called. In fact, I was a wretched human being, but he called me anyway. 
So the three things that Paul is saying in this verse is, number one, God set him apart from birth. What I'm saying to each and every one of you is that at your birth, God gave you a unique set of skills that you are called to benefit the body. Now, I'm going to put it to you this way. Anybody, anybody football fans in here? A couple people? Okay. Who are the unsung heroes of football? The offensive linemen. Now, the offensive linemen, if they do well, who gets all the glory? The quarterback, the running back, the wide receivers, etc. And if the offensive line doesn't do well and the quarterback gets sacked, whose fault is it? Not the quarterback, it's the offensive line. What I'm saying to you is, here at the church, we have a lot of people that do a lot of things behind the scenes. Uh, Grant and Tina alluded to that. Our parking team did an awesome job on Wednesday night. I'm here to tell you, we didn't have any parking spots left. In fact, we were having to park people at the church next door. But they thought quick on their feet, and they put people over there. Now, Nobody inside knew what they were doing. They were just in here running their games and all that. But without that parking lot team, people would have left. And we've not have been able to get as many people in this door. But it takes things like that that are done unseen to push the gospel of Jesus forward. You know, one thing that, that goes unseen around here is cleaning. You know, it's amazing. The toilets and floors here at the church... They're much like the toilets and floors at your house. They don't automatically clean themselves. Do you believe that? No amount of prayer walking we do, this church doesn't automatically clean itself. It's amazing. And so we have to have a team of people that come and clean. We have to have a team of people that come and make coffee for you for you to enjoy on Sunday morning. It doesn't just automatically make itself. So guys, what I'm saying to you is that every aspect of this church everything that goes on is important and if it doesn't work well it won't work and so God has uniquely gifted you with something that you can benefit this church and without you we are not as strong and so you know guys what what I'm saying to you is this we need you We need each and every one of you. And without you, we are not as strong as we could be. So the second thing Paul says in this verse is that God called him by his grace. And by George, didn't Paul need his grace? He was a murderer of Christians and he needed his grace. And so what I'm saying to you is if Paul has the grace of the Lord upon his life, imagine the grace that you have. No matter the bad things that you've done, God has called you to be who you are. And the third thing is God has revealed his son through Paul. Jesus is revealed through you. Did you guys know that you are the only Jesus that some people will see? You have the unique opportunity of going to work every day and showing Jesus to the people that you work with. You know, all the people that work here at the church, they're all saved. So I don't have the unique I don't have the unique ability like you do. I can't come to church to work every day and hope Teresa gets saved. You know, I pray that she always is saved. Maybe. I don't know. Do we need to talk about it this week? No, okay, you're good. But I bet there's people in your job that have never heard about Jesus. And you get to be Jesus with skin on to them. And so guys, 
You have to do what God has called you to do. Now, the one thing that Satan tries to tell us is he tries to tell us that you're not good enough. Guys, one thing that I've always, I've always told people, we try to pride ourselves here at Hope Church is we don't really wait to tell if, if you're committed here or not to put you to work. Because here's the thing, the way you get connected is by serving. The way you get connected to the body is by getting put to work. And so we'll, we'll try to put you to work as fast as humanly possible. But here's the thing, try out a few things. Don't just try one thing and quit. You know, if you try to be on the coffee team and everybody hates your coffee, maybe try something else, okay? It's no big deal. We've got other people that know how to make coffee. No problem. Maybe you need to be a greeter, okay? Maybe, maybe greeting won't work for you if you can never get a smile upon your face. You know, maybe that's not a good thing. <laughs> Guys, did you know that most people, most people decide whether or not they're coming back to church on their first time visit within five minutes of being here. Guess what doesn't happen in those first five minutes? Sometimes worship hadn't started, depending on what time they get here. But I definitely have not preached by the time they get up here. So what I'm saying to you is, what hinges upon people coming back or not is not me, it's not my preaching, it's what they encounter when they walk through these doors, and that rests upon you guys. That rests upon you guys serving in the ways that aren't seen. The number one compliment I get from people that come to this church is that we feel like a loving family. That's the number one compliment I get. Now, we do that on purpose, but we do that by putting everybody to work so that they feel like they are a part of the body. You know, one thing my mom told me from when I was a young kid, she always saw that God had something special for my life. She said she knew that from the time that I was, I was younger that God had a special anointing, a special calling upon my life. Now, she didn't know that it was going to turn out to be this. She thought I was going to do music forever. Uh, but I, I, I played differently than kids. In fact, I would go get, anybody remember the choir robes growing up? Yeah, I would go get a blanket and drape it over myself so that I could have a choir robe. And I'd get my Mickey Mouse or Donald Duck books and I'd, I'd get up on the... Uh, on the uh, the hearth or the the fireplace and i would stand up and sing uh like we were having church uh and i would sing mickey i would sing about mickey or donald duck i couldn't read yet so i'd just look at the pictures and make up a song and my mom was nice she'd get saved every sunday we had church and it was good but she could always see i still do it what are you talking about (laughs) hey y'all behave don't make me come down there all right So what I'm saying to you is, God saw, my mom saw that God had his hand on me from the get-go. But what the Bible's suggesting to you is that each and every one of you had God's hand on you from the moment you were born as well. And he's uniquely gifted you to preach the gospel to all the nations. You're like, whoa, 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 pastor. Listen, your job is to preach the gospel to all nations. Actually, you're wrong. It's all of our jobs. Because here's the fact of the matter. If our lives, if God has called us, if we matter in here, they matter out there too. And I can guarantee you there's just as many people out there and probably more that didn't come to church today that need to hear about Jesus. And guess whose job it is to tell them? Not me, it's you. We are called to reach the nations. We are called to preach the gospel. 
So we're all preachers. We're all called to be ministers. Not all of us are called to do that as a living. Not all of us are called to be pastors. Not all of us are called to be missionaries. But all are called to be ministers of the gospel. So go out there and tell them. Our job is to get those people out here in these doors. And a part of God's family. Because guys, don't you want them to be a part of God's family? Because they matter just as much as we do. So what does all this mean to us? You know what? I really wanted to bring home the fact that what will fix abortion, what will fix abortion-mindedness in our nation is not legislation, is not politicians. What will fix abortion in our nation is if it will change how we view human beings, how we view human life. Because, guys, I'm here to tell you, even if abortion was legal in our nation, if nobody got an abortion, it wouldn't be an issue. We as the church need to stop waiting around for the politics to change things for us and just do it ourselves. We are called to be earth, we, we are called to be game changers. We are called to be earth movers. We're not called to be spectators and to sit around and watch everybody else do it for us. And I think, unfortunately, as a church, we just want to go vote and go, I've done what I need to do. Now, I'm not telling you don't go vote, because I'm going to go vote on Tuesday just like everybody else. But what I'm telling you is to stop waiting on those politicians to fix it, because it's our job to fix it. Start preaching. I'm going to start preaching. Be here next week. That's a, that's, a, that's a preview for next week. So the first question I have for you today on what does this mean for us. Number one, do you believe that God formed you to be just the way that you are? Do you believe that God formed you to be just the way you are? Do you walk in that? Do you understand knowing that God loves you just the way you are? He doesn't want you to be different. He doesn't want you to be two size smaller. He wants you to be just the way you are. He wants you to operate in the giftings that he's given you. But guys, I'm here to encourage you. Some of you may go, oh, I know I'm called to serve, but I don't know what to do. In just a minute, we're going to have some prayer people up here. They know how to get a hold of a spiritual gifts test. They can help you take that spiritual gifts test. And that spiritual gifts test will give us a clue as to what you can do. Number two, do you believe that God called you? Do you believe that? Because guys, I've showed you, I've showed you in the word that God has called you. But do you believe that? Do you have confidence in that? Because guys, if we don't have confidence in our calling, then we won't walk in it. So guys, be confident in what God has called you to do. Now, all of us are called to be ministers. All of us are called to minister the gospel. Some of you are called to be pastors. Some of you are called to be the leaders of that. Some of you are called to be evangelists. Some of you are called to be missionaries. Stop running. Take it from a guy that ran. Things will go better for you if you stop running away from him. That goes for you too. Even if you're not called to be a pastor, if you're running from what God has called you to do, he's going to make it on as uncomfortable as possible on you until you finally stop and do what he's called you to do. And the last question I have for you is this. As Pastor Mo comes back, are you ready to get to work for his glory? Are you ready to get to work for his glory? Because guys, here's the thing. God's church is going to be pushed forward 
whether you get on or not. In fact, you see it clearly throughout the scriptures. If someone would not step up, God would put somebody else in their place and keep going. But my question for you is this. Will you step up and be a part of what God is doing to advance the kingdom here at Hope Church? Because guys, like Pastor Teresa said, we do everything we possibly can to advance the kingdom. Now what she told you, she told you that we were supporting three missionaries. We were just doing good to support those three missionaries. But now because we've made a commitment to press forward, we've made a commitment that, hey, you know what? We're going to push the kingdom of God forward. God keeps entrusting us with more, so we take on another missionary. And more, so we take on another missionary. Guys, I'd love to support 40 missionaries. And we'll be there one day. But what I'm saying to you is, we've got a lot of work here to do too. We, just like voting, we can't put the, the work of changing our nation off on a bunch of politicians. Because I'm here to tell you, if you're waiting on them to fix it, it's probably never going to happen. Just like you can't put the work of the kingdom off on your pastor. You are called to do the work just as much as I am. And guys, I'm here to tell you the way that we're going to change Cleburne, the way that we're going to change Johnson County is by God rising up his army full of called individuals to change this community and this nation. So my question for you today is our prayer team comes up. We're going to have some prayer people down here in the front. Go ahead, prayer team. Get, get in place so they can see you. We're going to have some people up here in the front and in the back. My question for you today is, are you doing everything that God has called you to do? Are you walking in the calling that God has on your life? If not, I want you to find one of these people. Because this is your moment. Stop waiting around for somebody else to do the work for you. Because, guys, the awesome thing about serving him, and a lot of you saw it on Wednesday night, is to see when you love on somebody, it really changes you when you see that it clicks for them that God loves them. When you see someone's life change because you serve the Lord, that's addicting, man. A lot of people say that, that pastoring is an addictive drug. And the reason it's an addictive drug is because you get to see people's life change. And you, that fires you up. And so can you imagine what you're missing? Just sitting here, showing up on, on Sunday morning, singing your songs, listening to your message, and going home. God has so much more for you. And he needs you. He needs your unique talents and abilities to push this church forward. So what I'm saying to you this morning, if God has called you, don't just sit there anymore. Find, find one of our prayer team. If you need some confidence in that calling, go see one of our prayer team. One of the biggest lies of the devil is that you're not good enough. Here's the thing. Jesus went to the cross and died to make you good enough. So stop worrying about that. God will give you all that you need. So as we sing this song, ask God, am I doing all that I can for you? Let's pray. Jesus, we just thank you. We thank you that you called us and you set us apart. Lord, we thank you that, 
no matter where we find ourselves, that you love us. So Lord, I pray that you would help us to value our lives. Value our lives in the way that you value us. Lord, you call us, you knew, you knew us before we were even born. And you knew that you would, you would make us a special person called to do what you called us to do. So Lord, I pray that you would just help us to stop sitting around and waiting for somebody else to do it. And Lord, I pray that you would just help us today to step out and become involved, become an active member of your body. Because we are called and we are set apart by the one true king. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray.